Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joel Williamson. It is interview day. Uh, we got a good one for you. It's Steve Patterson. Comedian, host of the debaters on CBC, uh, author, all around good guy. Uh, really, really fun conversation. You're in for a treat. Uh, two things off the top. One, I, uh, I've been doing this a while now. Going on a year and a half. This is episode 76, 77, something like that. Uh, and today, I fanboyed fairly hard uh, and forgot to turn on my fancy mic. So, I did the whole fucking interview using nothing but the mic from my laptop. Uh, <laughs> could have kicked myself in the head after I listened to the playback. Uh, look... He sounds great. I sound uh, a little less than stellar. So uh, it happens. You know, rookie mistake. Uh, I would have preferred it not happen with someone that I admire and like. Uh, but it is what it is. Doesn't change the fact that the conversation is a lot of fun. And I promise you, you will laugh. Uh, he tells some very solid anecdotes. Uh, that's enough hyping it up. You're, gonna, you're here for a reason. You're here to listen to it. So all that being said, I ask that wherever you're watching or listening to this, please hit subscribe. There's probably also a thumbs up or five star system. Click on that. Always appreciated. Um, this this little show of ours is starting to to make some headway. And um, it's, it's becoming a place where... Uh, people are talking about their parenting experiences in a very unique manner and in a candid manner. And we're having some really good conversations. So I love where this has come from and I love where it's going. So please continue to get the word out. You guys are my marketing team. No one, no one does it better than you. So with all that being said, here's Steve sounding terrific and me sounding like I'm talking from the other room enjoy are you listening damn uh. hello and thanks for tuning in i am that nerd dad uh, joe williamson here with special guest steve patterson at patterballs on twitter uh stevepatterson.ca comedian author tv and radio host whose latest book is Dad Up. Got a little visual there. All oh, right. nice. Thanks. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't fancy. <laughs> and who's back doing live shows. And I took a little screen grab from your stevepatterson.ca. Uh, February 19th in Toronto at the Comedy, Dan uh, Comedy Bar Danforth. And then it looks like you're doing a little uh, trip of the East Coast there. Yeah, we got a little maritime debaters. jaunt. It's Debaters Live. So I travel with two other comics. And we do two debates and some stand-up. So it's a... That's a fun tour to do. And then we have debaters tapings coming up. We got a little bit of everything coming up now. I hope, I hope to God that things, things are opened up now. Well, and that's what I wanted to start with. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a prolific road comic in a lot of ways. You're always on the road. Um, and, and I can't imagine the last two years uh, have been easy on you. Um, being at home, dadding as it were. Uh, but also what did you do with all that kind of energy, all that stand up energy that you're carrying around? 
Yeah, well, I wrote a book um, <laughs> because that's what was in front of me, <laughs> you know. So I, they say, write what you know, and if you don't know anything, write what you're seeing. So I, uh, I wrote that book well watch well well i shouldn't say watching my girls grow up i mean i was actively participating but the the that's the irony of writing a parenting book when you're supposed to be actively parenting is it's pretty funny to me if i didn't have my wife uh the being how she is how great a mom she is i would uh i don't know well i don't know if any of us would have made it through right so i know it's a sort of a dad podcast because it's the nerds but shout out to the moms shout Absolutely. out to them the moms, they keep the world going. For sure. And honestly, I 100% agree. Like, this is a dad podcast. We're going to talk about parenting. My kids are locked in a trunk because I don't want to be bothered <laughs> while I record this. This is, yeah. fuck yeah. that noise. That's not good. That's no. not good. Hope, hopefully, there's not a sensor on them or something. I want to get through this interview. <laughs> if they leave, I hear a little beep, 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 and I'll have to pause the interview. Uh, oh, that's good. You got the callers yeah. on them. Good, good, yeah. good. That's safe. I'm, I'm a good dad. Steve, <laughs> you keep telling yourself that, Joe. <laughs> uh, so, so now that you're back, now that you're back out doing shows, how long have you been kind of doing shows? I, I know you were in Vancouver, I think, last week, right? Last week, yeah, yeah. We we haven't been back for long, to be honest. We had a bit of a false start. Um, I got to do a couple shows last December. Uh, I did a a private show in Alberta where. Either the pandemic hasn't come yet or it never did. I'm not, there is a very strange attitude out there. Um, so I did the show. I was happy to do a show. And then I, I literally almost, if I could have been carried off stage, like by helicopter to the airport, I would have. That's how little contact I had with people out there. Uh, then I did a show at the, the Center in the Square Theater, beautiful theater in Kitchener, where we, uh, you know, it's tough. I wanted, you know, we, we had, I think, 300 people because they would, could only have that we had however many you could have at, at a really big theater and they, they closed off part of it. They were really gracious to host us. Uh, I just feel bad that, you know, we weren't allowed to fill it up because I think we could have filled it up. We had a really nice lineup, but anyway, so I got those two shows. Then I was supposed to host Massey Hall for New Year's, which is a gig that everyone would love, every comic loves, you know, and, uh, and unfortunately everything shut down before that, but then they kindly, postponed it till new year's 2022 <laughs> so if i can just live for the next 297 days or whatever it is then i got a gig at massey hall so i got that nice. to look forward to. yeah something to look forward to at the end of the year what's the what's the crowd like i i, I imagine look i i'll be honest i haven't been in a grocery store in two years i have done nothing but like you know at home delivery or or a pickup um i haven't been in a grocery store i can only imagine sitting next to a total stranger trying to feel mm -hmm. comfortable enough to laugh uh so what's the crowd like what's the atmosphere been like i i would say that the show the, i mean most recently you know last week in vancouver we did three tapings it was i guess 50 percent capacity of a 600 seat theater so there's about 300 okay. people um and look as you might imagine cbc is as cautious as you can be <laughs> so whatever whatever local things they have then cbc you know, doubles down. So uh, they sold them, I think, to, to pockets of people. So you would never be sitting directly adjacent to, uh, you know, people that weren't in your household. And they somehow did that with pockets. I think they only sold okay. them in groups, whatever, you know. Um, and everyone was just so happy to be out. Everyone's fully masked all the time, which is not super comfortable, obviously. And when mm -hmm. you're laughing, you're sending air out. But uh, <sighs> the people there, they felt they felt the uh, responsibility to laugh twice as loud, I think. And we oh, nice. honestly, 
I've done so many shows at that theater, the Centennial Theater in North Van. It was one of the best reactions we've ever had with half the people. They they were laughing <laughs> louder than I've ever heard any crowd laugh through masks. And there were half of them and it was still as loud as any any crowd I've ever heard. Any problems with anyone, you know, you know, saying I don't want to wear a mask or like anything, any like that come up? Uh, not that I know of, Joe. I mean, okay. I'm backstage, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't do crowd control anymore, but they, there was a pretty angry looking older lady in Centennial Theater as uh, with the usher and I wouldn't have wanted to mess with her. <laughs> so I'm sure they were keeping us pretty, pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always curious about your about the comedians pregame. So when you're backstage, what are you? Are you listening to Eminem? Are, are, you, are, you, are you? Like what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing before I mean, the show to get hyped up? Something upbeat for sure. Not generally Eminem. I, I for my crowd, I would probably come out a little too aggressively. I think, <laughs> you know, punch an older person in the face or something. I don't want to do that. Um, I I do. I you know, it's strange. I like to listen to Canadian music because I'm doing shows in Canada, so I'll listen right. to Arkells or hip or uh, um, just all the, all the Canadian artists I can. Sometimes I just listen to a Canadian playlist that plays, you know, all, all Canadian artists on the, the verge or something. I'm not supposed yep. to promote others. Come on, stupid Steve, don't promote others. Um, but yeah, no, I like to listen to, uh, I like to listen to Canadian music, upbeat music. And I'll tell you the, the atmosphere of a debaters taping is a different thing again, because everyone's kind of huddled together working on, on the show kind of, they don't go over everything. They want to surprise each other on stage, but yeah. they're going, they're going over some answers, seeing who's got the, the bigger hit, you know? And, and uh, it's, it's really, it's like a, it's like a comedy festival in one night, a debate because okay. there's so many comics there to do the show. And the, the pre-show is really, really fun. The after show is what's changed a lot um, because you can't really do anything together, you know, after everyone's got to leave the theater as soon as they're done. So, I mean, sometimes being the host, it's, uh, it's like the goalie, it's like the loneliest job. If you finish the show and everyone's gone, you, you just leave turn the around by yourself. Yeah. Turn the lights off when you leave. Yeah. So that, 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 that kind of riffing before the stage, that's where you get your juices going, especially for the debater shows. Yeah. And most stand-ups I know, I guess not surprisingly pace. I mean, if, if I, if, if you, you get a, if you're a standup, put, put your pedometer on, put your watch on before <laughs> you take the stage, see how many steps you can get in. I, like it's, uh, it's insane. I'll walk back behind the stage backdrop. So I'm walking the stage, but people can't <laughs> see me. And I'll go back and forth, you know, 10 times before it starts. Just, I don't know why it's just a habit I have. And I also drink a copious amount of, of water. I don't know where you thought I was going with that, Joe. Um, <laughs> I drink a lot of water, just, you know, stay hydrated. And then it's a real challenge to get through <laughs> a two-hour a two show at this point in my life. For, by the end of every show, I have to pee. So just know that, audience. <laughs> know that I, if I'm doing a joke and I made you pee, I probably made myself pee, too. <laughs> You're not at the uh, depends on stage yet? Not yet, but the yet is the... Yeah, I mean, I, a little spritz might, might help. <laughs> I feel like that will be my endorsement that I finally get. You know, Justin Justin Bieber's got Tim Biebs. George Foreman had the Lean Mean Grilling Machine. It'll be Patterson Depends, and it'll just be Depends with a question mark. God, that, <laughs> you just wrote a slow – Depends. Hmm? Depends on what? Depends on how good the joke is. That's awesome, man. That's right. I, look, I, I used to I, – I always ask because I, there was a time in my life where I hit the open mics and I – you know. 
I used to yawn profusely when I'm nervous, and that was my thing. <laughs> I was like, when, right before I knew I had to get on, when I went, when I was next, I, uh, uh, interesting. Um, and then the second that you get on stage, it seems to disappear. All that shit goes away, and I think it's because you have control. You're you're center stage. You've got the mic, and you're ready to let it rip. So um, that's awesome. Do you have anything special in your in your dressing room that you like to keep? <laughs> I'm I'm probably the lowest maintenance person of any performer. I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of people are pretty like, I, you know, I don't have any dietary restrictions. <laughs> it's not that I'll eat. It's not that I'll eat anything, anything, but I mean, I'll, I can eat pretty much anything. So it's uh, I've heard some hilarious riders over the years of people that were like vegetarians that needed a veggie tray, no more than 50 meters from them at all times or something. And I'm, <laughs> and I've, gone to performed at those places after those people and they're like you don't all you want is tea and honey and water i'm like yeah yeah that's all i need i'm not uh, crazy i'm not a crazy person so. uh ha have you ever had a debater show go go off the rails where you're like i don't know how we get this thing back on track <laughs> quite a few I, it's hard to pinpoint just one that's you know the they do a great job, I have to say, the the producers and editors on the show of, of packaging it in the, in a one episode of two 15-minute debates because the debates themselves live can go on and on and on. We had Okay, interesting. Er oh, yeah. We had Eric Peterson on in Ottawa <laughs> debating oh, Sean Love Cullen. Me. And Sean Cullen's just a fantastic um, treasure of a comedian. And yep. they were debating whether William Shatner is the best actor in the world. And... <laughs> Eric Peterson, I don't think was fully briefed on the on the format because every every firing line question he answered, he answered in Shakespearean soliloquy in the style of William Shatner. So and it never had anything to do with the answer. And it took it took I think it took an hour to tape that debate. It's the only one that when it went to the radio, it had to be the full half hour. There was no way to just get 15 minutes out of it. And it was it was the end of a long night in Ottawa. Uh, at Centerpoint Theater, and the crowd, they they were transfixed. I've never seen it before because crowds are usually tired at the end of a long taping, but mm -hmm. they were they were so energized. Uh, that was one. The other one was at Just for Laughs Festival. We've done some shows with international comics who never quite understand what's <laughs> happening, and we had a German comic. I think his name is Michael Mittermeier against a, an Irish comic that I know, Andrew Maxwell. Andrew Maxwell came directly to the matinee taping from a late night party at Just for Laughs. Uh, no idea what was going on. Uh, Michael Mittermeier could barely speak English, had to use all the English he had to do the debate. And so he just did his set. That's all he, like, <laughs> it was no, and, and it was, I, I, the topic was something about the Germans, obviously, but, uh, and Andrew Maxwell goes on and on. He's got the gift of the gaps. That, there was a, a for some reason, a, a chaise longue, Shay's Lounge, I like to call it, on the stage for another show, and I just lied down on that for a while while they were while they were talking back and forth. And yeah, that one I don't even know if that aired. I don't know that there was a, a usable. Andrew was uh, a thick Irish brogue and pretty drunk, and uh, and Michael Mittermeier was doing his act in in halting English. So. Fun, Audience, I had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, has uh, has the the la how has the last two years of of dadding uh, been you know brought into your routine? How has it changed your your act? 
I mean, I would say completely only because of the perspective that I have now. I mean, I, uh, you know, did most of my stand up and I still do stand up about my dad. I mean, I started out doing stand up with just things my dad had said and he, he would come see the show. He's like, that's not, it's not funny. There's no joke. I know dad, but to other people it's jokes. Like it's, I know it's just you being you, but, um, the original you know, shit so, my things my dad says or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I should have sold that. Yeah, yeah. Slim, <laughs> slim. Um, so I would do stuff, you know, about growing up like that and growing up the youngest of five Irish sons. And I would do a lot of stuff about news because I'd like to stay current. And I still do. But I just find the news is so depressing now. And uh, especially now with, you know, having young kids. We have a two-year-old. And, you know, our seven-year-old is very worried about everything in the world, as everyone is. The two-year-old doesn't get it. And I don't want to spend the time trying to explain this, why we haven't been able to go anywhere in two years. So so I don't pay attention to the news that much anymore. Uh, and that means I have to do the stand-up again about what's in front of me. And I think that, uh, you know, hopefully everyone remembers being a kid. Lots of dads remember being a dad. And, and the other thing I wanted to be conscious of with writing the book was that this shouldn't be, although it's called Dad Up and certainly is mostly for dads, it's really kind of a shout out to moms. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the parenting thing. I, I'm in awe of of everything that moms can do uh, and believe that if it were up to dads, none of us would have made it. I think the world would have ended in around the year four. So um, moms just think of things that dads don't. <laughs> they just, they, they will, my, my wife, is, I have, our kids are similar ages. Mine is, uh, my two boys, six and two. Um, and, uh, and they just think of things and I'm like, it's fine. She's like, no, he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> if you let him play on that, he can run with scissors. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know where anything is in our house. I mean, uh, I don't, uh, it gets moved from place to place and I don't know where it was in the first place. And then when I learn where it was, it's been moved again. So, and the three of them just do it as a joke to me. Now they'll, they'll take something and hide it. And be like, Daddy, it's right over there, and it's never is. So that they're, they're going to drive me fully crazy. But in the next five years, that'll be the next book. It'll be written from inside an institution somewhere. <laughs> Straight jacket. It was be saying yeah. it into a mic. I'll be dictating it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, how has the book been received? Like, how has the book been received by your your family and friends? Because obviously, with it being kind of a, a a tribute to, to parenting in a lot of ways and, and moms. Um, and I know that there's a, uh, you know, you talk about your, your challenges with getting pregnant. Um, and it's a, it's a relatable topic that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, it's not something that's brought forward a lot, but you made sure to include that. Um, and, and what's that reception been like? That's actually been, I have to say the most talked about part when people have talked to me and, and there's been a lot of, people thanking me mostly women uh thanking me for bringing it up and uh again that was credit to my wife she's like we should write about this and i i thought i was going to write it about you know from the time i became a dad forward and she said well no one talks about this you should talk about it see if you can make it funny but but be you know serious as well just talk yeah. about it so so i gave it a shot and just kind of described you know what we went through and it's people have really appreciated it and uh and i didn't you know once you start talking about it you just find out how common it is. It's just no one talks about those struggles that they that they went through. And, you know, look, it's, uh, you know, the dad goes through it with with the um, the mom. But uh, it's I can't I can't believe that, you know, that women can go through that 
and and want to go through it all again, which is you know what what Nancy did several times. So I say several times. We have two kids, but um, <laughs> it's uh, you know I am really glad that I included it, and uh, and uh, you know it seems to be people are happy that I included. It. I never. I never said this book's going to be, this isn't a how-to book and it's not a laugh every sentence book. It's going to give you some laughs, but it's also going to just cover, uh, you know, how things change, I think. And, and that was part of it. Yeah. And I, I love it. I, you know, I downloaded it uh, through Amazon. I've been, I've been making my way through the, the e-version and uh, what I, what I enjoy is the fact that it's not a how-to book. It just gives you perspective. And even even just the, the conversation, uh, my wife and I, we unfortunately had a couple of miscarriages when we first were first trying. And mm. you go to so many doctor's appointments and you go to so many uh, situations where you're trying to figure out what, if anything, is wrong. Yeah. And obviously the priority at the, at initially is making sure your, your significant other, your spouse, your partner is OK. And then it's, well, yeah. can we have a family? Are we able to? And then you have to kind of ha you have run through all these thoughts of, you know, are we going to be able to do this at the end of it all? And then to your point, to want to go for it more than once. <laughs> it's not like we got lucky once. Let's hold on to that feeling forever. It's right. Let's let's put ourselves through hell again. Let's do that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's incredible to me. It's uh, you know, moms are moms are the toughest. And uh, you know, as it turns out, what we really needed was Brent Bud and a whole bunch of pilsners. Um, but that that's that's another story for another chapter. <laughs> Tin book. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, uh, one, uh, one more question. I love Brent, but I haven't actually talked to him, but I love the guy. I drove to friggin' Saskatchewan to visit the set. That's how much I love. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I was, anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the idea of, uh, it's two daughters, you have, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is, ha, has, have either of them taken on the role of class clown yet? Are you like, oh, this one's going to model me and be difficult for the teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Scarlett did on on day one uh, of of French preschool, I mean, my my wife's bilingual, uh, you know, and so she we we do wanted to get that. I'm not bilingual. Somehow, I managed to not let anything sink in for Ontario school French for several years. But um, imagine that. But yeah, <laughs> I know I'm not alone there. Um, but Scarlett showed up to the first day of French preschool, and the you know. The teacher said she's got a bit of a she's got a bit of an attitude <laughs> at the end of the first day, and we said, "What are you talking about?" And she said, "I, I said to her something in French, and she responded in complete gibberish." <laughs> and then she said, "Scarlett, why are you doing that?" And she said, "If you're just going to make stuff up, then so am I." <laughs> that was. That was day one. So like, I, she's definitely, she loves making people laugh and she's got, um, she's got a quick wit. She's got a tongue that will get her in trouble. She's got a sharp tongue a little bit sometimes, but I, I get proud of things that other parents wouldn't. So it's, uh, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's good to engage people and make them laugh. And we're, we're working on not making fun of others that shouldn't be made fun of. Uh, she, and she doesn't, to be honest, she's got, uh, way more empathy than I do. I think Nora, Nora is just going to be, I've been watching a lot of uh, like crime syndicate shows that powerful women run. And I think that, you know, Nora could do that if she wanted to. She's got a, a real frightening glare and um, she realizes there's no real threat behind anything I threaten her with. Like, if you don't eat, I'm going to do this. So she's, 
she has uh, no fear. She likes laughing, but in more of a maniac, evil sort of way than a, <laughs> than a happy way. <laughs> I should say that. She's beautiful. I love her. She's my two-year-old. She's great. She's smart, but she's she's not going to she doesn't fear any. I don't worry about someone throwing her off in in future life. She just she doesn't have she doesn't have the empathy level that, that you know can can make people hesitate. A lot of a lot of threats. She'll be like, "I dare you." Go for it. That's right. That's right. Try it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like Scarlett will be upset if a boy doesn't sit beside her and Nora will be like, I didn't even know there was a boy there. <laughs> this is my bench now. I'm the captain now. Uh, uh, Steve Patterson at Patterballs. That's really the only social that you have is Twitter, right? I, I could <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, there's also like, a, I think the guy who works for NBC with your same name and that must piss you right off. <laughs> there's NBC. There's a, there's a guy like a Texas football coach, I think, or basketball. There's quite a few Steve Pattersons, but there's no other Patterballs. So I uh, Patterballs it is. Yeah, that uh, my wife set up an Instagram for me, but I mean, I'm on between the amount of time I'm writing, working on stuff, and looking at Twitter. If I add it into the mix, why don't I go through photo albums of strangers? Uh, it w I would have no time to do anything else. So uh, yeah, that explains why you're not on the TikTok. That's I hate TikTok. I hate TikTok. I love TikTok, <laughs> but I hate TikTok. <laughs> I have friends that are on it, and it's about my attention span, but I have not delved into it yet. If you want to be a creator for for TikTok, you basically have to post like four times a day. Who the hell's got time for that shit? Uh, apparently millions of people. <laughs> everyone's chasing their 15 minutes of fame their own way, right? That's all they're doing. I guess uh, so. I guess so, yeah. I'll leave that to other people. Yeah, exactly. You're going to work hard in your office there. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Man. Beautiful. Uh, love it. Play some of that later. Oh, yeah. Nice. Huh. Is that, <laughs> does that help you get the creative juices going sometimes? It does. It does. I wrote a uh, – I'm working on, like, a new track I'm really happy with right now. I, I write it. I'm not good enough to play it live, but then I've got a buddy who's a really great arranger, so I'll come into him with a – half harebrained idea and he'll turn it into something really good but it's uh i do find it relaxing to just uh play that or play records this is my office that's not at my house it's about three yeah. minutes from my house but it's three minutes and a world of difference joe i believe it i believe it <laughs> uh i'm gonna get you out of there uh steve patterson thank you so much i greatly appreciate it hey thanks for having me that was that went by super quick that's a sign uh -oh. of uh fun always does i'll throw the book up there again it's dad up available uh, anywhere you want to get your books they're, they're, they're there that's right yeah go and please go to a local store if you can get the i was gonna say store. i was gonna i was about to say on cpatterson.ca you can get the little inscription on it if you want to get you it through the that. website yeah we're happy to do it that way too but i also do support the local bookstores as well so wherever you get it just get it go to the library if you don't want to pay for it that's fine steal it from there <laughs> That's right. Take it. <laughs> share it with others. That's, I get a lot of people being like, I got your book at the library and I don't have the heart to tell them. That doesn't really do anything for me, but uh, good for you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Joe. That's it. It's the show. Told you I wasn't lying. That was a lot of fun. Steve's the best. Uh, such a good guy. Uh, very busy individual as well. So I greatly appreciate him taking some time to... Uh, shoot the shit with me because that's what it felt like it felt like two friends shooting the shit oh man did i just didn't assume our friendship formed that's awkward i hope he doesn't listen to this part of the interview he probably doesn't listen to his own interviews anymore um 
but it was a lot of fun. And I think you should check it out. And if you weren't a Steve Patterson fan before, you probably are now. Um, been following that guy for a very long time. In fact, off camera, uh, which is such a douchey thing to say. Uh, but uh, I was talking to him before we started recording. Uh, there's a show of his in 2014 that I loved uh, called I Wrecked My House. And it was like one of those renovation shows. But he would go to people who had done home renovations and ultimately like destroyed their house. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So we talked about that beforehand off camera. Uh, but just a super great guy. I think that's enough of me gushing over him. I'm kind of fanboying a little bit over that interview. So uh, what do I want to do next? I want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. Where there's uh, a bunch of podcasts. Dean's is like the anchor though. So you can get his Monday to Friday. Three-ish. YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Uh, it's a good show. It's a very good show. And he is super confrontational right now. He's in a mood. So he is burning shit to the ground. It's fun to watch. Uh, next week we got Julie Burton. Nope. Next week is Amber Mack. The week after that is Julie Burton, and we'll see if I get some other people lined up. But uh, right now, I'm three weeks out with my interviews. It's really good. Things are happening. I want to thank my fans in Slovenia. They continue to kick ass. I don't know if someone's using a VPN, but if you are, bless you. Looks like I'm huge international. That's it. That's the show. Be well. Be safe. Your ad here. Thanks for listening. Damn. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.